Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Live from New Orleans, ladies and gentlemen, even though New Orleans, where the Army Corps of Engineers has just announced that uh, the new pump system, which is replacing the old pump system, which was defective, but it was temporary, but it was supposed to be permanent, but it's temporary because it's defective. The new pump system will be uh, costing a little bit more than one that was supposed to have been installed four or five years ago and may take a little longer because they're trying. The motto of the Army Corps of Engineers let us try. This, though, is the week that we look back. Everybody's doing it. Why not me? Looking back in rancor, that the year just passed. Uh, as it began, as 2015 began, uh, the war in Afghanistan was trudging onward. It was not fighting season yet. but uh, there, And there were rumors that uh, there were back-channel negotiations between the Taliban and the Afghan, the new Afghan government. Sounds much like now, except... 2015, the year in rebuke. From Afghanistan Public Radio, now asking for our tote bags and mugs back. We need them more than you do. From the abandoned television production truck in downtown Kabul, home of Afghanistan's only digital billboard, <laughs> I'm Mahmoud. And I'm Hamid. We're Tick and Talk. The time's up, brothers. Welcome to another edition of Cars I Talk. Today's program comes to you with the assistance of the Afghan League of Voters who can prove they're not women. (laughs) Well, my younger brother, our new president, Mr. Ghani, has passed the first hundred days of his administration, Mm -hmm. and he's already kept one important promise. Oh, wait, my brother. He hasn't even got a cabinet yet. How is that possible? Exactly. He promised an end to corruption, mm-hmm. and without a cabinet, there's nobody to corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a caretaker government. Mm-hmm. You could always bribe the caretakers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love my brother. He always sees the other side. Or at least the other angle. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're on Cars I Talk. Hello, this is uh, John. A short time, Secretary of State, uh, second time, caller. Oh, Mr. Secretary, it's so good to talk to you. Where have you made peace this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, of course, we've uh, applied new sanctions to our Russian friends Mm -hmm. in the uh, hope of stemming their aggressive actions toward their Ukrainian neighbor. Mm -hmm. We're very gently proceeding along the negotiating track with our Iranian friends regarding their nuclear program, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're helping to build a moderate rebel response to both the Syrian government and to IS in uh, Syria. So the answer is nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my brother is being unfair, of course. I understand. Just as uh, when he told our mother that I had oh. drowned his kitten. Oh. That's terrible. Uh, Did you drown his kitten? Don't be silly, Mr. Secretary. We couldn't afford real pets. It was a cardboard kitten. (laughs) (laughs) So it it, it couldn't swim anyway. Oh, you don't have to rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, look, fellas, I I know that lame banter is part of the format, but so is a question, and I, I actually have one. Oh, excellent. That is so important for our grant applications. Your your network gets grants? Oh, yes. 
from the Afghanistan Endowment for the Humanities. They have promised us a grant just as soon as somebody gives them an endowment. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, my, my question is simply this. Mm-hmm. I, I was over there, as you know, in your lovely country for uh, a while, five or six months ago, mm-hmm. hammering out a power-sharing agreement between uh, your two presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was supposed to end the stalemate and speed the way towards uh, forming a new government uh, that your people had voted for. And your question? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? I think uh, my question is, if you were in a lovely country, as you said, mm-hmm. what does that have to do with us? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Secretary, mm-hmm. maybe I can make an automotive analogy in tribute to my younger brother's struggling Toyota dealership. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of product placement. Go ahead. Just because you change the oil in a Tundra, mm-hmm. If the crankshaft is broken, you haven't improved the vehicle's ability to run. No, 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 no. The Tundra is so good it can run without the crankshaft. Mahmoud, you're not in the showroom. You're in the studio. (laughs) I guess you're right. (laughs) My friends, Mr. Khani and Mr. Abdullah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be Abdullah, Abdullah? Of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) They seemed uh, to you, Americans, like the answer to your prayers of getting rid of a difficult person such as, for example, myself. Well, we had had our disagreements with you over, uh, for example, uh, getting the deal signed to let our troops stay there. So, before, you had the government and no agreement. Mm -hmm. Now you have an agreement and no government. (laughs) (laughs) Now they have a crankshaft and no tundra. (laughs) No, no, we still have some tundra, although climate change is... Mr. Secretary, maybe now you understand what it takes to run a nation like Afghanistan. It takes a public radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call. Uh, No disrespect, Mm. but I wouldn't trust him to get a power-sharing agreement between a battery and a wall socket. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Mm. but I'm an Afghan. What's a wall socket? (laughs) (laughs) What's a wall? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, you're on Cars I Talk. Hello, this is Talibullah, Mm. long-time insurgent, first-time caller. Uh, Caller, can I deduce from your name that you're a member of the Taliban? Well, member is a little strong. (laughs) Uh, I miss a lot of the meetings, Uh and I... I think I'm behind in my dues, but I like the guys, sure. Were you by any chance among the Taliban members invited to join the cabinet by new President Ghani? No, I wasn't, and that ticks me off just a little bit. Really? Yes. I think I could have been a first-rate culture minister. Mm. I'm up on all the hip-hop from Tone Lock to JC. Mm-hmm. I've seen every episode of Family Guy, mm. and I'm very deep into manga. <laughs> and as culture minister, mm-hmm. you'd encourage those forms of expression? Oh, no, 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 no. As a representative of the Taliban, I'd do my best to wipe them out, but I'd know just where to find them. <laughs> but uh, none of that material is actually produced here. I know. It'd be a pretty easy job. That's why I'm ticked off. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a question? Well, I was hoping you had President Ghani's phone number. He he got your old one, right? No, no, no. He had it changed. Took him two weeks to do it. To get the truck out of the palace? No, to think up a new number. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call.
We had help today from the Organization of Failed States, building a better world through chaos. Legal services for cars I talk from the law firm of Ketchum and Nukem. I'm Mahmoud. And I'm Hamid. Join us again for another edition of Cars I Talk. This is APR, Afghanistan Public Radio. As uh, 2015 began, the Senate had just released uh, the executive summary of its uh, the result of a, a four-year or five-year study into the extraordinary, or sorry, enhanced interrogation practices, some call it torture, of uh, the United States in the war on terror. The, com- the complete 6,000-page report has never been made public. It's still classified. But... Uh, Over the course of the year, we've learned that the administration has banned almost every member of the executive branch from reading the Senate's report. This was the report, of course, that uh, added some details to our knowledge of enhanced interrogation. Uh, I think the the, uh, two-word detail that maybe lingers in most people's minds is rectal feeding. But uh, as I say, the administration ended the year with the revelation that uh, almost every, the Justice Department has been uh, prohibited, members in the Justice Department have been prohibited from even reading the Senate report. I think other members of the uh, administration have been similarly constrained from even looking at the report. Uh, I think most of the copies have been locked up, and the Republican member of the uh, Senate committee that issued the report the leading Republican member, has even called for all of the copies of the report to be returned to the Senate so it can be destroyed. But uh, when the uh, president uh, reacted originally to that report, it was to promote the notion of his administration's unparalleled transparency. You know, you know, I ordered a halt to the torture because that's just not who we are. But you can't go forward looking backwards, running government or a car. And yet, some folks just couldn't stop poking through mistakes some patriots had made. At first, I I thought they were joking, just raining on our parade. Sure, an inspector general made a scary secret report, but I fully expected our senators to cut the whole thing short. Instead, they went on a witch hunt. And of course, some witches were found. If spies were all nice people, they'd be working down at the pound. The most transparent White House in history. And it's worth it, despite the fuss. Because we're always looking through you. And you can see right through us. You know, you know, we never said we wanted the Senate's report to be suppressed. We just tried to X out the stuff that would hurt folks in the Middle East and the Middle West. The names of our agents, the names of our programs, the countries hosting black sites, how often we waterboarded some folks, how many we gave sleepless nights, 
The guys we hung from the ceiling. The guys we just didn't feed. The guys we did feed through their poop holes. Although they were cleared to be freed. They were just a few little edits. It didn't detract from the text. But our senators were being stubborn. We didn't know what to do next. The most trans in history. From our point of view, that's a plus. We're always looking through you. Then you can see right through us. Yo. Yo. Then somehow the senators found a secret internal review. It agreed with their conclusions. That's a very dangerous thing to do. We had to know how they achieved it. To keep them from doing it again. You don't want senators finding uh, stuff we're hiding from them. So we gave very specific instructions to have their computers surveilled. Snooping to find their snooper so that he might be jailed. Now, we didn't mention it earlier. We were waiting to reveal it now. Disclosing our lack of disclosure. Just taking the edge off of Al. The most transparent White House in history. There's nothing left to discuss. We're always looking through you. And you can see right through us. This year was uh, marked by the sudden downfall of one of the most trusted men in America, according to the polls. But who trusts the polls? You see what I'm saying? It was Brian Williams who um, lost his perch at the anchor desk at NBC Nightly News after it was revealed that he had been, um, well, prevaricating, some said. He said conflating. This, this conflation is going to kill us. Conflating uh, events that he uh, purported to remember when he was making appearances on late night uh, television shows uh, for the purpose of gaining presumably either younger audiences for the network news or uh, a chance for him to host a late night comedy show. In any case, uh, before he was suspended, uh, the network took uh, what might be called uh, repair actions. From NBC World Hindquarters in New York, this is Brian Williams' Misremembers, a corrected chronicle of conflated journalism. Now, misreporting from Studio 3C, here is Brian Williams. I've often told this story to my NBC News colleagues. It has to do with my introduction to the world of late-night television. As a young MSNBC anchor, I had been flown to Burbank to guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And here's videotape of that moment from the NBC archives. <laughs> now, as I understand it, Brian, you have a very rare pair of suspenders. Oh, that's right, Johnny. They were given to me by one of my idols in the news business, and if I get up, you can see that... <laughs> I, I'm, 
Don't take the chair with you. NBC charges me for those. I, I, I seem to have got my suspenders caught on the chair when I sat down. Oh, I, I know what you mean. Sitting down is the hardest part of my job, too. As it happens, Johnny Carson had retired by that time. As a young reporter in New York, I had been booked on the Joe Franklin program to show off my Walter Cronkite suspenders. In fact, it was Joe's lavalier microphone cable that got caught under the leg of his chair when he got up during a commercial break, but it was never seen on air. The tape in the NBC archives was computer-generated to match my conflated recollection and the... Suspenders were actually once owned by commentator Eric Severide, but that was a day to misremember. I'm Brian Williams in Studio 7B. Brian Williams Misremembers is a production of NBC News, which is solely misresponsible for its content. There'll be more on the Brian Williams story uh, later in this broadcast, but as the year began and as it uh, launched lurched into uh, spring uh, Hillary Clinton was preparing fixing to announce her uh, candidate her, her long obvious candidacy for uh, the Democratic presidential nomination and uh, one surprise along the way was that a long planned documentary about the Clintons um, to be directed by Martin Scorsese suddenly was scrubbed from the filmmaker's schedule um, one may have well have wondered why 2015, the year in rebuke. Clinton something, the pre-candidacy years. So this is uh, still when he was just crown prince, Abdullah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He says to me, uh, <laughs> if you let your wife drive, next thing you know, she'll want to be president. <laughs> <laughs> Very far-sighted dude. Yeah, yeah. Bill, I have to talk to you about uh, something serious. Hey, all your polls are great. By all your pollsters, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren's looking more like Chris Matthews every day. What could be wrong? Hun, it's nothing out there. It's something in here. Oh, you're not going to redecorate this dining room again. Jesus, toots, I can only get the foundation to pony up for it so many times before... In this marriage. Uh Uh-oh. Nothing good is coming when you start throwing around the M word. (laughs) This documentary Martin Scorsese is making about you... Oh, you want a bigger part? Hey, look, it's not up to me. I have to talk to the... I want you to have a smaller part, as in... No part, as in it can't go on. (laughs) Wow. Am I hearing the voice of Little Miss Envy? Does someone resent the fact that the greatest filmmaker of our generation is chosen as his subject, old Bubba here? Oh, don't be ridiculous, Bill. At some time in the future, after everything's, you know, settled down, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be a lovely thing for you to do. Right now, not so much. 
Look, we're trying to stay out of your way. We haven't even filmed in the house yet. Although Marty does have a Dolly movie wants to do in the sun porch that looks amazing. Marty? Well, I don't call him that to his face, but... Hun, it's the old problem in a new location. You just can't keep it zipped. This time, it's your mouth. I, I just can't have you going off message on film. Not now. Not in this environment of viral this and social media that. You on Facebook yet? My people are. <laughs> Look, Marty's got a way of getting me to just loosen up and be myself. Is that so wrong? You want to see a clip someone in the picture just sent me? What? Even a movie leaks? Here. Maggie showed me how to play this. So, the, uh, the Hillary campaign. Can we go back to that for a minute? Mm-hmm. Sure. Can I have some more of this uh, non-alcoholic refreshment? Oh, absolutely. It's on HBO's tab. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary's campaign. Well, Marty, I'm not privy to all the private meetings at the House, but I can tell you this. There's a a plan afoot to have a gay dance troupe perform at her major campaign appearances to kind of stress the diversity outreach of her campaign. Really? Mm -hmm. An existing group? No, it's being assembled especially for her campaign. Mm. The It Takes a Village people. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. It's... Really? Oh, it's a harmless little joke. Who gave it to you, Doug? It was Doug, right? Hon, we were talking about the movie. I know you don't sit around the foundation office thinking up stupid jokes, but you do repeat them on film film that gets leaked. Has he asked you about Jeffrey Epstein yet? Oh, he knows all that stuff is off limits. All what stuff? You know, the rumors about the prince Mm. and, you know, the... uh... The baby bimbo eruption? (laughs) Oh, hey, look. Epstein's donations to the foundation happened to pay for regrouting our pool, so... Honey, I'm just saying this very clearly in words of one, or at most two syllables. The movie can't go on. Let me tell you something, Toots. Mm-hmm. This is Marty Scorsese we're talking about. He made a documentary about the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Don't you get it? Yeah. <laughs> sure, I've been president. But how many men get to be both president of the United States and a certified rock star? <sighs> uh, Marty? Yeah. Can I talk to you? Camera, uh, can you give me an idea how soon? Three minutes, sir. Three minutes, Marty. Thanks, Cal. Uh, yeah, Bill, we, we got a couple minutes. Shoot. Well, we're looking at a little problem here. Well, somebody's leaking raw footage of what we're shooting here to Hillary. Oh, no, 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 no. I sent that to Maggie. I thought it was cute. Cute little line. I just thought uh, she'd, she'd be tickled to hear that you stole a joke. I wouldn't describe the mood in Hillary land as tickled. Oh, come on. No big deal. Nothing gets leaked. Really. HBO is so paranoid about piracy these days. They're encrypting the call sheets. She's really afraid you're going to ask me about off-limit stuff and I'm going to say something off-message and the whole non-campaign is going to go off-kilter. <laughs> you know, we've got such great stuff. we got great you. Mm-hmm. You don't think Mick Jagger was paranoid about how he looked? 
he ended up being so pleased he's using a still from the film on his Twitter profile. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, here's the last thing Hillary said last night before she closed the door. Uh-huh. Does Martin Scorsese really want to be responsible for the election of another President Bush? Whoa, that's a little unfair. I don't think any documentary has the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. But she does. And she's the one that's not running yet. Bill, I can still call you Bill, right? Oh, sure, that doesn't change. Bill, we've got quite a chunk of HBO's money wrapped up in this thing. I mean, by movie standards, it's one day's Cal's own budget, but still... Hey, Marty, hmm? I, I, I can still call you Marty? Yeah, until we wrap. Just tell the guys at HBO they'd have been out twice as much money if I'd hit them up for my foundation. Now, that's good. That's very good. We'll say the schedule's got too complicated. You know what? We'll say whatever the PR people decide we should say. Fair enough. Thanks, man. I owe you big time. Well, if you ever want to meet Jeffrey Epstein, just... Listen, I'm too old for that. Yeah, guess so. I can't wait till I am. Youthful angst and middle-aged angst. Together they add up to Clinton something. The pre-candidacy years. And then all too soon, Hillary Clinton was a declared candidate and the first real controversy of her campaign, which would have been a real controversy had not another candidate in another party uh, sucked up most of the political oxygen. The, the, The... Controversy revolved around Hillary Clinton's decision when she became Secretary of State to do emailing on her own private server located in her own private house in her own private uh, Chappaqua, New York. Uh, She uh, went through multiple explanations of why she made that decision, but uh, the main one that stood out was convenience. She just didn't want to use, as she put it, two devices. said no no one said stop so i said go a government matter a private detail both went through the self-same email made a mistake won't do it again now i know just where to say when not my own server
Halfway during Brian Williams' suspension from NBC. Ah, good evening, Mr. Williams. Uh, good evening, Charles. Is there uh, something I can help you with? Well, I was hoping that my usual table was... Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Williams. There's a birthday party for a minor league hockey player at the table tonight. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I, I thought we didn't take other reservations at that table before 10. We didn't. I do. Ah, well, I'm sure there are other tables that are just as good. Uh, might we? And sadly, sir, they are just as reserved. It's a busy week, Valentine's Day and all. <laughs> sure. Well, if I may, I could suggest a seat at the bar. Mm. They have backs on them now. Mr. Rother's sitting at one. Oh, well, if they have backs on them. Uh, thank you, Charles. Yes, sir. Next thing you know, the hurricane's blowing 150 miles an hour and the telephone pole is the only thing I... <laughs> well, Brother Williams, you look fishwife haggard and lost dog sad. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Thank you, sir. You're looking well yourself. Oh, a little bit grayer around the temples. Now it's nothing but temples. Sit down a spell, have a drink. You know Jesse, my special bartender? Hello, Mr. Williams. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Well, Dan, I see they've got backs on them now. <clears throat> Might as well. You waiting for someone? Uh, yes, for the old Brian Williams to reappear. Mm. Uh, Grey Goose Martini, Jesse? Yes, sir. I understand. A little too much understanding going around, Dan, if you ask me. Yes, sir. And not nearly enough. So, Hoss, you've been ridden hard and put away wet. 
It's never a good feeling. It's not that good a look, either. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Brother Williams, I'll tell you anything except the name of Steve Croft's other mistress. Shoot. How did you get through it? I mean... I know what you mean. Well, sir, first off, you got to keep in mind that the heart of what got me in trouble was a true story. Uh, there were documents in it that were $3 bill fake, but uh, rock bottom, there was a... There was journalistic bedrock there. When I put my head on the pillow each night... There were rocks in it. <laughs> in your case, well, sir, what they flat out can't take away from you is that you were in a rock. Weren't you? I was, and it was a fearsome thing to look down on the barrel of the RPG that... Oh, I, I know. It's harder than French verbs to let go. Here you go, sir. Ah. And I'm sorry. Uh, Jesse, I think if you check Mr. Williams' dipstick, his sympathy tank is full up now. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks. I guess that's one thing I'm going to have to get used to. <laughs> no more free drinks? No more usual table. Oh, well, that's the first thing to go. Manhattan Mater D's are hummingbird quick and chicken hawk mean. No, but I meant the wave of sympathy that has seemed to follow the equally sudden wave of angry disgust. Mm. Cheers. To, uh, to your health. <sighs> you know, before I got suspended, mm -hmm. I'm sure Jesse here was bending your ear about what a disgrace I was to the journalistic profession. <laughs> oh, no such thing, Brother Williams. Jesse's been here long enough to know that network news is as similar to that profession as a huge heifer is to Hugh Hefner. Maybe so. Look, Dan, I've been kind of a jerk here, so caught up in my own despair that I haven't yet bothered to thank you for being one of the few people in our profession to publicly stand up for me during all this. Ooh. Well, thank you, sir, but uh, one correction, please, amigo. Mm. Not one of the few, the only one. Low single digits. I don't seek uniqueness, but sometimes it's thrust upon me. Well, I appreciate it. Well, but uh, I'm sure you've had... Private messages from uh, your friends in late-night television. That's a whole other ballpark where fear doesn't seem to stalk the outfield. Maybe so, but all I've gotten is a note from Jimmy Fallon's people saying they're downsizing the Christmas party this year. I don't know, Dan. Maybe I would have been better off if I'd never gone to Iraq or to New Orleans. But, uh, you know, if I'd just stayed at the uh, anchor desk in my comfortable New York City studio and never even tried to get back to my roots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as I understand it, your roots were at the anchor desk, growing right under it. <laughs> well, I, I did a stint as Chief White House correspondent. Oh, Brother Williams, you and I both have been there. I was lucky a big scandal was being exposed by a newspaper. I got to ride side saddle on it. Normally, it's just hectoring press secretaries in the morning and standing on the lawn at night. <laughs> and I'm beginning to think I haven't run out of my need for sympathy. I'm just saying, you grew where you were planted. Nothing wrong with that. Old school scuff your shoe leather reporting isn't the way you came up, but uh, maybe it's the way you're headed. You ever think of joining me at Axis TV, formerly HDTV? Oh, I didn't know they'd changed their name. Whole new ball game over there. Still doing hard-hitting reporting, and uh, I just interviewed Weird Al. Well, you know, I'm beginning to get the idea that this six-month suspension without pay is a whole lot like being fired. I mean, what the hell am I supposed to do for the next half year to try to 
earn back enough trust to uh, convince NBC to give me back the anchor chair. Unless Lester Holt is found in bed with a dead girl or a live boy. <laughs> so come on over to Axis. We've got a studio in Brooklyn. They got the budget to afford me? Oh, sure, please. Lead those stallions back to the barn. I just mean come on over to be interviewed. They don't have the budget to afford me. Well, Nan, I do appreciate the offer. And uh, if I'm in Brooklyn, I'll definitely give you a call. All right, sir. And Brother Williams, I'm no Pollyanna and gray flannel. But I do think there's a bright side to all this. Oh? I mean, after all this, NBC is very unlikely to give your daughter another acting role where she has to get her keister nobbled. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> You've brightened my night. Uh, tell Charles I'm sorry. Of course, it wasn't really his daughter that got her. Whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the year in rebuke from the show, live in New Orleans. And... The year continues. We, I guess, now have to talk about the elephant in the room a little bit. Uh, literally, because he's running for the, presumably for the Republican presidential nomination. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, the appearance on the scene in the actual nominating process of one Donald J. Trump uh, really did monopolize a huge amount of the political oxygen in the coverage of the run-up to the presidential nominating process. Of course, nobody's voted yet. That doesn't start until uh, early in the new year, but that didn't stop an incredible amount of talk, most of it about the aforementioned New York billionaire, kind of. Uh, just as recently as this week when he referred to Hillary Clinton as— and. Uh, this morning, the networks in covering it, I don't know if they were doing it all week because it was Christmas and I wasn't watching news, but uh, this morning they, they were bleeping the word that Donald Trump used to describe how Cl Hillary Clinton got beaten by Barack Obama uh, in, 19, in 2008. The word was schlonged. I, I didn't bleep myself because, you know, it's not one of the seven. But anyway, uh, it, it, it did bring back to mind the description that had been used the label that had been placed upon him by the long, long-gone satirical magazine Spy in New York City, which never failed uh, in the early days of his fame to refer to Donald Trump as the short-fingered vulgarian. Anyway, he earned all this uh, attention by making, well, starting his uh, campaign with an announcement that uh, described Mexicans crossing the border as among um, among the Mexicans crossing the border as rapists and went on to uh, deride some women and uh, make comments about Muslims, basically just saying things that were regarded as politically incorrect. And most people thought that this was just Donald Trump being himself. But there was another possibility. Radio's theater of dichotomous possibilities. Alternative scenario playhouse. This time, Donald Trump consults with his advisors. But see, 
being a businessman and an extremely successful businessman is my brand. I should be, you know, I should be talking about the economy, outlining my secret plan for jumpstarting the American economic colossus. Well, in fairness, Donald, you're not an extremely successful. No, no, but, no, but that's my brand. Mm. That's the biggest thing I've ever built. And it, it, it's huge. It, it's bigger than Coke. Well, we've done some focus grouping on that. Mm. And in fact, Apple is bigger than Coke. You're tied with AutoZone. But more more to the point, Don, Mm. let's just walk you through some of the slides if we can. You know, I have a six-point program that absolutely saved the economy. Let me me walk you through that. One, a new federal program that would incentivize the creation of America's main export. Powerful brands. Mm. I don't know if you understand this, but any Mexican can make things, but only this amazing country can create... Sir, you've Mm. just hit on what we're... What we were going to recommend. More patriotism? I, I got that no, coming out no, of... No, sir. Let let Jordan run with it for a moment. Uh, a minute ago, he was walking me through it. Now he's running. <laughs> well, that's how you build momentum. Well, Look, DT, yeah. I know you think your brand is extremely successful businessman. But these surveys, uh, taken over a period of time since you last thought about running for president, show that a majority of all Americans consistently identify your brand as says what he thinks. That's it? Way ahead of extremely successful businessmen, even ahead of moderately successful businessmen. Jesus. Mm. Well, in fairness, you don't pay us to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, right now I'm not so sure. But go ahead before you start sprinting. So starting with your announcement speech, you have to go all in on say what you think. Policy is for the people you'll hire. And fire. Yeah. That's part of the brand. Oh, absolutely. On the sixth slide, about two months in... You fire us. It's all there. Okay. So I say what I think Mm -hmm. about what? Second slide. What gets more media attention? Saying politically correct things that you think or saying politically incorrect things that you think? Hey, listen, you're the media experts, but off the... uh, Well, obviously not off the top of my head. That's busy with other things. But (laughs) just off the top, Mm -hmm. it's obvious that politically incorrect uh, stuff gets the oxygen. Well, yes. You're reading the slide. But I did know that. But look. I, I still have to go back to square one. No, not, no, no, not, not slide one, leave it. But isn't the point here to prove that I'm ready from day one to assert the most tremendous gravitas the 21st century has ever witnessed? The point is to get the bump in the polls to make the media take you seriously. Huh. Well, at least as seriously as they're taking that uh, longtime bachelor from South Carolina, <laughs> Graham Lindsay? Lindsay Graham. Works either way. So, okay. I bump the polls. I say what I think about the politically incorrect things. Hey, I own Miss Universe. Isn't that enough? Uh, What you said about Mexicans before? Yeah, what about it? Do you really believe that any Mexican can make things? Is it possible you think some Mexicans might not even be able to do that? And if not, what kind of disreputable characters could they be? Mm -hmm. You see what we're doing here? Yeah. Yeah, you're wasting my consulting funds. Oh, you just want me to get up and talk trash about Mexicans? I don't, I don't even know any Mexicans. I well, own a beauty pageant, not a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Well, and not just any beauty pageant, but the single most successful... Oh, we know that, sir. And believe me, it's an honor to be in a position to just offer strategic advice. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's an honor to take my money. Go ahead. <laughs> what happens if you do happen to say something at your announcement address that... Uh, Insults a large swath of the Hispanic community. They stop watching The Apprentice? I'm sure half of them don't even understand The Apprentice. It's in English. 
That's what we're talking about. And, and then what do your partners at uh, NBC and, and Macy's do? Oh, I'm sure NBC would fold like a cheap suit. And uh, Macy's would stop selling my cheap suits. Well, that's two or three complete news cycles mm-hmm. owned by you. Mm-hmm. Any more? I think Miss Universe is uh, Miss Columbia from somewhere down in Mexico way. She tweets something about you? That's another cycle. Oh, don't kid yourself. Miss Universe is no Miss America. I tried to buy that, but they... You think an economic policy platform... No, 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 not a policy. The best policy in the whole world. The experts all agree. ...is going to own three, four, five days of the news cycle. I suppose. But uh, look, guys, Hmm? I'm running for the presidency of the United States. I can't afford to look like a complete idiot. All due respect, sir. Yeah. What the numbers tell us is basically that you can't afford not to. And after the Mexicans? Well, based on the things you've said to us in earlier strategy sessions, we have a menu of follow-up possibilities. Mm -hmm. Lots of good stuff about the Jews. Next time, another visit to the radio stage where the hypothetical rules... Alternative Scenario Playhouse. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people in, in my line of work, uh, Moonlight, working for uh, politicians. Uh, I don't make this known widely, but uh, uh, based on what I saw in the uh, early days and weeks of uh, his campaign, I volunteered to write uh, Donald Trump's campaign song. That's my band. my plane we're winning the air make space for my name right make way for my hair can you believe the incredible crowds I attract I can't you know I went to Wharton did I tell you that That's an actual fact I'll set the Chinese The Chinese And the Mexicans straight And they'll pay for it It's just my greatness That makes me so great Now I finally get To build some history can't believe I'm me. I'm me. Right? Machine. So don't be 
stupid Cause you know that I'm smart I may call you disgusting Could be, but I'm nice in my heart You know that, right? I'm a guy with a self-made pedigree That's me And I can't Meanwhile, there was still a, a, a sitting president, uh, despite all the attention being paid to the would-be's. And uh, President Obama spent a lot of his remaining political capital campaigning for a, uh, a trade deal called the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, which was negotiated in secret, although representatives of um, corporations were uh, sitting in on many of the uh, discussions and uh, making their proposals. Uh, but the, that will... Uh, be considered by Congress on so-called fast-track authority, which means Congress can vote it up or down but can't amend the uh, proposed deal, sometime during an election year. That didn't bode well for the chances of the deal, uh, but that didn't stop the president from campaigning hard for it. You know, I know the story. Other presidents' trade deals didn't live up to the hype. You feel cheated. You may never buy another trade deal again. But guess what? Your story just got a new ending. Hi, I'm B-Rock with the best news in trade deals since the Dutch talked the Indians out of Manhattan Island. Now there's a place that offers trade deals you can live with. B-Rock's giant Giant trade trade city. city. Oh, you may think you have to pay too much to get reduced tariffs in the end of preferential markets. You may think you have to even give up your good job. But at B-Rock's giant trade city, you pay less and get more. Look at this. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. Still being negotiated and still top secret. But what if I told you it contained rock-solid worker and environmental protections? What about suggested protections? Maybe even just a study of such protections? Well, it's all right in the deal. 
except for the first two. And if you own or run a company that's having problems with foreign regulators, this 21st century trade deal has got to make you smile. You get to take those job destroyers to a special tribunal that you help appoint. Sound impossible? That's what I thought until B-Rock's giant trade city put our legendary leverage to work for you. Indians trying to cancel patents on vital medicines? Hey, we're Americans. We've got centuries of experience in knowing how to deal with Indians. And with TPP from B-Rock's giant trade city, you've got Uncle Sam working for you again. But what if you're not doing business with Asia? Has Trade City got a plan for you? You better believe we do. How about this 2016 TTIP? Giving you the very same package of goodies when you open up shop in Europe. Patent protection, copyright extensions, and of course, the traditional Trade City Secrecy Pledge. We don't break the seal until you're happy with the deal. And maybe not even then. So don't wait another minute. And for sure, don't even think about it. Just get down to the big corner of Chance and Main. That's where you'll see me and everyone else who knows a good trade deal when they can't see one. B-Rock's giant trade city. Deal's so good, even the showroom's a secret. And as promised, Brian Williams, the uh, prodigal son, did return not to NBC, but to its cable sister, MSNBC, with a slightly different format. We interrupt this encore presentation of Lockup, Babes Behind Bars, to bring you this MSNBC breaking news. Here is MSNBC's breaking news editor, Brian Williams. And good evening from MSNBC's world headquarters inside NBC's world headquarters. Another devastating aftershock has rocked the mountainous Asian nation of Bernou tonight, and here is what we know so far. The aftershock registered an unprecedented... Astounding, dangerous 6.3 on the Richter scale. Already in the streets of Bernou's capital, I have seen widespread panic. I have received exclusive reports of... There are unconfirmed rumors of several injuries, and I have witnessed at least three dead bodies lying in... And no reports of deaths yet. But based on my visits to this remote mountain nation... Based on exclusive reporting to this network, based on Google Earth, it may be weeks, days, hours before rescuers are able to reach the area of the epicenter. Officials have told me, this network, the Associated Press, that they fear more aftershocks in the coming days. And that, I can tell you from my experience in earthquake zones, from my conversations with leading seismologists, from what my producer just said in my ear, that that fear is what may keep people from returning to their homes. We will keep on top of this story, and we will break in whenever new developments, whenever major new developments, whenever there's a commercial break in babes behind bars. Reporting, reading teleprompter from New York, I'm Brian Williams. Stay tuned to MSNBC, where a tradition of journalistic excellence is always possible. And finally this year, there were several incidents where scheduled executions in various states had to be postponed because the states couldn't find the right drugs for lethal injections. It started out as just a normal end-of-life day. But then I felt the old doubt, the old anxiety. Would a cocktail of medications be cloudy again? That really would spoil everything. A cloudy day can put a sudden stop to the best planned end of life. But now, 
It doesn't have to happen. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. Now there's Exequil, a breakthrough in end-of-life cocktailing. Thanks to the scientifically engineered enzyme Claritinerase, Exequil can't get cloudy, no matter how long you store it before use. But does it give me the same three-way effectiveness? Or do I have to use another life-diminishing medication in combination? Yeah, that just makes my life more complicated. Exequil has the same three-way effectiveness as the quasi-medical cocktails you've been using. Stops lungs, heart, and consciousness with just one application. No need to redose. With Exequil, it's one, and they're done. We just switched to Exequil. Now our end-of-life days are problem-free. Exequil was in our fridge all during the appeals process and still came out clear as the morning sun in July. Thanks to Exequil, no more cloudy days. I got sunshine. Exequil should not be administered if the patient has recently been prescribed Accusale. Observed side effects of Exequil may include prolonged death, premature death, delayed death, death-like symptoms, and death. On a cloudy day. End-of-life cocktailing never looked so clear. Ask someone dressed like a doctor if Exequil is right for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude the year in rebuke and this week's edition of the show, Their Coterminous. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations over NPR worldwide throughout Europe, the USN 440 cable system in Japan, around the world through the facilities of the American Forces Network up and down the east coast of North America via the shortwave giant WBCQ on the mighty 104 in Berlin on Soho Radio in London, available around the world via the internet at two different locations, live at the archive whenever you want at harryshearer.com and kcsn.org, available for your smartphone or your slightly special needs phone through Stitcher.com and available as a free podcast at Sideshow Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, yes, TuneIn, and WWNO.org. And it'd be just like having a whole new year to pollute if you'd agree to join with me then, would you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. A tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, in exile and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson, she saved the show today here at WWNL. The email address for this broadcast, a playlist of the music heard here on, and uh, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts for that post-Christmas gift. That's all at harryshearer.com. And me, I'm the Harry Shearer on Twitter. Who else can I be? The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from New Orleans. <laughs>